are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Aaron Donnelly, and you're listening to the Think Funny Podcast. Uh, this week we had some scheduling conflicts come up, so we're not going to have a regular show with uh, Nate and Matt. Uh, we'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I thought I'd share just a few uh, quick little short stories with you that I worked on, uh, as well as let everybody know that my two humor books, uh, Good Chemistry and What We Once Called Out in Passing Clouds, are both up free right now on Amazon, Apple, Kobo, uh, Barnes & Noble, everywhere you can download an ebook. Um, they should be free. So you want to go check them out and if you'd like to leave your review it'd be much appreciated because it helps me get some exposure for them um also you can check them out on aarondonley.com it's a-a-r-o-n-d-o-n-l-e-y.com and subscribe to the newsletter um, where you'll get one more special uh, story about how i increase gideon bible readership in hotel rooms by my deceptively suggestive doodles all right, well, I'm just going to jump into it right now, and here's the first little story. This is one that I'd written for a little writing contest, and so they gave you some prompts that you had to work on. This one's called Nowhere to Go, and what I had to work with was it had to be a thriller. The title had to be Nowhere to Go. The protagonist had to be a lady named Stacy Snow, who is a bodybuilder with no fear, and the setting had to be a misty alleyway, so check it out. Nowhere to go. Stacy Snow was never pretty, not by a long shot. Stacy Snow was tough, the kind of girl who could break a baseball bat in half with her forehead. Of course, being a strong woman with a repulsive face, whose name was spelled like a man's, had never been easy. Nor was growing up the oldest child of a physically abusive semi-pro wrestler named Ted the Head, a six-foot-eight, 350-pound man who would break his opponent's backs over his giant head. My first meeting with Stacy was pure coincidence. Like on many nights, I was drunk, stumbling, and lost. I passed the opening to an alleyway and heard a deep voice say, Hey honey, looking for some action? In my delirium, I mistook Stacy for a telephone pole and proceeded to projectile vomit onto her blouse. She took a swing in defense, thereby knocking me unconscious and breaking my left orbital socket. But to my surprise, when I awoke in her apartment, Stacy was there to nurse me back to health. I'm a slight man, always have been, barely over 5 foot 6 and 135 pounds. Being a weak man has never been easy, nor has being the youngest child of an emotionally abusive acrobatic mother, but with Stacy, I felt at home. So how our partnership worked was, I dressed up like a woman and solicited men into an alleyway where Stacy would come growling from the mist and choked them out. Later she would heave the corpses out of her trunk, over her head, and into the East River, much in the same way I imagined Ted the Head used to do in the ring. I never mentioned that to Stacy. One night, Stacy asked me a question. You think all men are evil? I guess so, I said. I guess there's at least a little evil in all of us, even the good ones. She patted my face with her meaty hand. Yeah, even the good ones. Then with a punch, she broke out my other orbital socket. When I awoke, I was in police custody. On each of the bodies, she planted some of my blood. Taken the first time, she'd knocked me out. I couldn't prove that I knew Stacy from anywhere, as we never met except in the alleyway and that time at her apartment. I took the police to the apartment, but it was in a building that had just been demolished. 
I even googled Ted the Head, and it turned out there was no such person. I had nowhere to go. Like I said, Stacy was tough. But things aren't so bad. I've made a nice life for myself here in prison as a servant of Sarge, a hairy 60-year-old short, stocky Italian man serving 30 years to life for capital murder of a toll booth operator. Not surprisingly, too, there's a new serial killer on the loose in the city, which I follow in the news to pass the time. All right, everybody, the next story is called James Dean, Baby. And I think in this one I had to... I had to orchestrate James Dean into a story, as well as, I believe, smoking. So, here you go. In my mind, there's nothing worse than a quitter. Okay, a rapist, perhaps, or a mass murderer. Those are pretty bad especially ones that have quit, said raping and murdering, because like I said, quitters are the worst. Anyway, I'm telling you this to set the groundwork for my big announcement. 2019 will be coming soon, and along with it all sorts of New Year's resolutions. And what's the worst thing about resolutions? That's right, the rapists and mass murderers who quit them, and others who quit them too, I guess. This is why I'll be using 2019 as a planning year for perhaps the greatest New Year's resolution streak of all time. I'm calling it 2020 Vision. I know, I am literally the only person to make the connection between the upcoming year 2020 and the concept of vision, so don't steal it because I already called it. vision means that in 2019 I will need to take up all sorts of bad habits that I will in turn quit starting at 12am on January 1st, 2020. Bear in mind some of these habits will be easier than others to start. Take robbing from the poor for example. Consider it done. All you have to do is dress like Santa and ring a bell on a street corner with a bucket at Christmas time. Duh. Another easy example might be faking a limp to use handicap facilities. Piece of cake. I'm sitting in a handicapped bathroom stall at this very moment I write this. An increasingly impatient old man with a cane is standing just outside the door. I can see his shoes, which are pretty cool actually, and look to be about my size. Of course, not all bad habits are so easily started, and the one that concerns me the most is the granddaddy of them all, smoking. Now, if there's one thing 80 years of medical research has taught us, is that smoking looks cool. Consider cool smoking legends such as George Harrison, Rosemary Clooney, and even Walt Disney. Go ask them how hard it was to achieve super cool smoker status, and I personally guarantee they can't even tell you how they did it, as they are all now dead from lung cancer. Now I don't have to tell you there's a lot of pressure in our image-conscious society to get the right look. I mean, nobody wants to be one of those idiots jogging around town looking healthy in their stretch pants. Instead, these days we all want to be like Paul Newman and Cool Hand Luke, sticking it to the man one loosely hanging cigarette at a time, baby. Sadly, Paul Newman passed away from lung cancer in 2008. This gets me to my main point, getting that ultimate smoker look. For me, the ultimate smoker look is never more iconic than having someone catch the image of a silhouette of your body encased in smoke against the street light 
preferably in an alley, and preferably the light would be colored, and preferably Bob Seger's Turn the Page would be playing in the background, preferably during the saxophone part. Also, a nice touch would be to have your back turned and then pop your collar and turn halfway with a James Dean smirk as you take a drag. Sadly, notorious chain smoker James Dean was taken from us in a fatal car accident before he could be taken from us by cancer. Now, all of this sounds easy to accomplish, but let me tell you, it's not. First of all, you have to time it just right. Say, for example, you see a group of acquaintances walking down the street. So then you have to run to the nearest alley before they pass and get a cigarette lit up real quick. But you are flipping out of breath when you get to the alley because of all the practice smoking you've been doing. Also, there's usually poop in alleyways, and it gets on your new shoes you just stole from a handicapped man. Then there's the homeless people there always asking to bum a smoke, and you get in a verbal confrontation with them about using the word bum because it makes you feel like a bum, and you're not the bum, they're the bum. So the homeless guy starts pushing you around and beating you up and trying to take your James Dean jacket, which is really just a red t-shirt you drew on with a magic marker to look like a James Dean jacket. So you're wrestling with the homeless guy and he's winning because again of all your smoking and plus homeless guys have strong backs from sleeping on cement all the time. And anyway, you finally get on top of him when the acquaintances pass by and you hear, is that that loser from math class trying to rape and murder a bum? So you think fast, throw the nearest cigarette shaped object in your mouth which is usually the bum's dirty finger, crane your neck with your best nonchalant smirk and hum the saxophone part from Bob Seger's Turn the Page. No, it's James Dean, baby. Nice to meet you. That's the saxophone part. It's going to be an uphill battle. I know that going in, but hopefully, possibly, one day I could be looked at as someone who'd never quit in their pursuit of being called that weirdo from high school who died of lung cancer. And why was he always hanging out alone in alleyways, moaning incoherently on top of bums? Was he like a rapist or murderer or something? Here's a last little story, and it was a poem that I was supposed to write using the phrase smiley face wink emoji and it was to uh, end bullying. A poem, smiley face wink emoji. Have a bully, here's what you do. Show them love. I don't mean a wishy-washy kind of love either. It has to be concrete. Create fan pages for them. Post pictures with praiseworthy captions like, This man has a huge penis. Or, World's Greatest Lover. Find out where his dad works and invite the whole family to dinner with a bouquet of flowers each and every day until they accept. When they show up, slip the bully a secret note. Hey man, I know you like to pick on me, but the truth is I have terminal cancer and I haven't told anyone yet. But the attention you show me feels strangely good. So keep it up. Smiley face wink emoji. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to the Think Funny Podcast Short Story Edition. And be sure to go to AaronDonnelly.com and download my books for free. Also, subscribe to the newsletter and you'll get a whole nother story. Um, thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week.